At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. Based in Santa Ana, California, BioNO Power provides the highest performance lithium-ion phosphate batteries for the marine market. These batteries are one quarter the weight of sealed lead acid batteries, provide over 2,000 to 3,000 charge cycles, and a 10-plus year service life. These batteries can be used for any deep cycle application, including running fish finders, trolling motors, live wells, and LED lights. For more information, visit BioNOPower.com. That's B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W. WER.com or contact dealers nationwide. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. Yo, what's up, Paddle and Fin? Josh from the final cast. Brad. Tonight, we are doing things a little bit different. We are going to uh, recap a tournament. Uh, it's kind of Brad cool stuff. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk to our Clash of Clubs winner from Dale Hollow, uh, the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Team, which included Chris Yauk, Michael Grimsley, and Mr. Chris Anderson. What's up, fellas? What's, What's going on? So, uh, you guys were big winners this Thanks past week. Hey, no problem. My pleasure, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> but you guys, uh, you guys put on a show this weekend, man. It was uh, it was a good time. I remember receiving a phone call from Chris Anderson. I think it was on <laughs> Wednesday, and he was like, Thursday. "Yeah." Dude. Thursday, was it Thursday on my way down? Hey, come down to Dale Hollow, fish. Are you going to catch big fish? And he was all upset because his pre-fishing was, uh, wasn't very good. But then he put on a clinic pretty much almost the entire time. Your second day of the open was a little rough, but you still placed well. And uh, 
Yeah, guys, congratulations, man. Thank you. Pre-fishing went well. We eliminated a lot of water. <laughs> that's well, I mean, that's that's the point, right? So, well, Chris was giving me a hard time. I, you know, I was like, you know, it's okay, dude. You'll find him, and he did. You guys both did. So, uh, normal. Normally, I don't. <laughs> but uh, so we thought we'd you know have you guys on here and do a recap and see how your weekend was, what worked, what didn't, um, you know, what type of water you guys found was productive and uh see what your overall feeling was for the format and you know anything we could do to try to improve it or and what you liked about it. So but uh so we'll go into it first with uh we'll go with Chris Yauk. Chris um how did you feel leading up to the tournament uh, through pre-fishing and kind of what did you see in regards to – you can kind of touch into the uh, open and we'll also talk about, you know, the actual clash of clubs. Yeah, we got there Wednesday morning pretty early. I don't know. I think it was like around 8 o'clock-ish is when I got there. and I went up north into Kentucky to fish the first half of the day. Um, some famous – fishing personality I know that's on this webcast that told me about a few spots up there. <laughs> so I went to check them out and had a lot of success. There were a lot of fish up there. The only problem is it was so dang far. Yeah. And um, the sad thing is I decided I didn't want to go up there. So I kind of, you know, told everybody there wasn't a lot of fish up there, but the guy who won the tournament went up there and fished the same spot I was in. <laughs> Caught a lot of fish. I knew they were there, but. I've also found so this then the second day, Chris Anderson and I went to a couple spots and and one of the, the creeks we went to, I just I got tons of hits. I knew there were fish all over there. I'm like, let's drive 30 minutes or an hour and a half or whatever it was. So no brainer. Yeah. So I felt pretty good going into the tournament. And I went to the same spot those first two days and I caught a lot of fish. Hmm. Heck yeah. yeah so we'll, go ahead, Brad. That, that just it stinks that that part of the lake was that far away from check-in. Right. Yeah. Well, we kind of knew that would be the case. I mean, most of the other places are, in general, kind of on the farther side. But, um, you know, Richard put us up, you know, at a nice place. We all, you know, Mike's familiar with, with it from last year's meetup and – you know, we had a we had a really good time, so it was kind of a no brainer for us to choose that location for the check in and everything. So, um, you know, that barn is huge too. So, if we would have had more people, we'd have been able to definitely fit, you know, a lot more people. So, but what did you find like was working for you, bait wise, and what kind of water were you fishing? I was fishing all soft plastics. <laughs> I found that. I mean, when I, when I got there Wednesday morning. The second cast, I caught a pretty nice fish. And I was getting hits on every three or four casts. I was just using a plastic crawl up there. Hmm. Just, you know, that's kind of what I use for a search bait. You know, anything is going to bite those things. And, and the way I do it is if I start getting bites, I, you know, stop fishing that area, twitch something else or move away. You know, let's see if something else gets hits up there too. And just leave them for game day. Heck yeah. yeah. I, I do the same thing. Well, what was the water temperature? 62 63 it was like a degree or two warmer up there which was funny because i think it was sometimes saturday adam riser was talking about you know why would you not fish somewhere ahead of you know a degree or two warmer water <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like oh crap you're right 
Yeah. Yeah. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. That's interesting. Yeah. Mike, Mike, how was your uh, how was your pre-fishing, and what did you kind of find that worked? Because I know you kind of took a a chance and fished down in the in the river. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I was gonna kind of running gun the the first two days of pre-fishing. I really didn't cast a lot. I was kind of just checking things out and seeing what seemed good. Uh, <clears throat> John Graves, I picked him up, take him down there, and uh, on our way to the cabin, we were driving right over Sunset Marina. So uh, you and I checked that out last time in the the meetup, and uh, I was like, "Well, we're going right over it. Why don't we check that out? I've heard some good things." So we went and checked that out. I mean, you could have walked across that river with all the debris in it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it didn't. We didn't spend much time there. Maybe an hour and a half there to basically just eliminate that out of our out of our options to 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 fish. So, and then we went over to um, Lilydale where you and I had fished last year. It looked pretty good. I didn't see a lot of. Um, I didn't get a lot of hits. Didn't have a lot of casts. Just kind of abused the torpedo. Um, checking things out. I actually saw some uh, small spotted bass, some decent ones that were right up on shore, like parallel with the shore as shallow as they could be without being out of the water. And then some uh, suspended in bushes. So I was like, all right, I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. And then we called it a day for that day. And then that was Wednesday. So Thursday, Thursday, I checked out the river a little bit um the uh the west fork of the ob and and it it was water was six foot up so it was kind of weird for me because when i was there in october the water was down like 12 15 feet and now it's up six feet over what it normally is so uh, i went out and checked that some stuff out up there and and just wasn't real comfortable with anything did that affect the water clarity at all uh in some spots it did um it, it wasn't nearly as clear as it was in october but like I said, that water had been drawn down quite a bit, so there wasn't really anything to make it turbulent. But uh, water clarity wasn't terrible anywhere except for that sunset marina. Like I said, it was just full of debris. I mean, big trees, little trees. Uh, it looked like mulch. Yeah, man. It was. I remember driving over the main lake on my way in on Thursday and seeing how – well, I remember going over Cumberland first. Right. I was like, like oh, was a mess too. Yeah. No, I, like, oh. I was like that the week before. Oh yeah. I mean, everything in Tennessee was virtually like that from all the rain. I mean, everything got, they had a big, you know, flooding events kind of happening. So mm. I was kind of worried that it'd still be dirty. And then, but then Richard sent that video. And so I got all hopeful, but <clears> not realizing, you know, that was just basically the river, you know, from leaving the Marina, the Obey river. And he, um, I mean, that water looked decent. You know, it had that nice green color. It did dirty up a little bit because it did rain um, on Thursday pretty good. Um, and then it rained. What what day was it that it rained real hard again? Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday again. So it, it dirtied it up. But for the most part, the river, it had debris in it because I remember there was a ton of debris around the marina itself and up on the shoreline and everything. But overall it wasn't too hateful, you know, it wasn't super, uh, super chocolatey milk, like everything else was that I had seen on the way down. So, mm -hmm. but, um, 
Chris, what was your uh, pre-fishing experience? What uh, what did you find? What was working for you? And you know what made how, what choices did you make on the open? I pretty much got lucky on the open, and as well as the the clash of the clubs. My pre-fishing, Chris and I headed to the dam. As the YouTube videos and the current reports were saying, that was an area where both to the right and to the left of the dam, people were catching. And we got there, we put in, we we looked from the ramp, and we said, ah, we think we can make it. It's going to be a little bit of a haul, but we can make it. And then we got on the water and realized how far we had to go out around this point peninsula. It was not even a point, it was a peninsula. And by the time we got to the end of it, we were like, uh, we're not going to make this. There's no way. Uh, the water was pretty, pretty, looked pretty good there, but uh, didn't catch anything and didn't fish real hard. Then we went uh, back and stopped on the way back. It was Chris had, Chris had the, the uh, location that we were going to fish it at Mitchell Creek. And we went there and caught a couple, uh, missed one, uh, but picked up two uh, similar on pre-fishing to uh to what chris was it was i was throwing a a weighted uh, like a nico rig with a senko and picked up two largemouth that were one was smaller and one was pretty decent about 16 inches yeah you love that nico rig man i'm a fan of it i like i like the uh i prefer that over a wacky rig i i I don't know why it just gets down. I think the action personally for me works better with the way that I fish because I fish pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. Were you seeing fish uh, on your graph, like close to the bottom? I started, I started picking up big bait balls and the bait balls were anywhere from, they were in eight to 12 feet of water. Mm. And that pattern kind of played out for me as the tournament went and, you know, at Dale Hollow, you could be in eight feet of water, three feet off the bank, or you could be in eight feet of water, you know, 30 feet off the bank. But uh, that was where, you know, as we turned into the tournament, keying in on those bait balls and, and the fish that were associated with them was where, uh, was where my, my plan came together. Hmm. Yeah, Chris, you said something that was interesting when we were on the water. It seemed to be true that it's like the big fish were all in the points and secondary points. Like they were trying to keep the bait balls, the, the bait balls into those coves. It's funny. Hmm. That's exactly yeah. how the fish were. Mike found that out when he fished. Uh, so it was day one. And I know we're kind of past the point uh, of the, of the pre-fishing, but day one, I had a limit by seven fifteen. Wow. Uh, I had a five fish and I, that's never happened to me ever before. So I was, didn't really know what to do. And I didn't want to beat the spot up. <laughs> Um, but I probably caught, if you took two full-size trucks, st stuck them side by side, I mean, that was all the bigger the area was that I caught fish in. Wow. And it was probably a total of 20 casts over 40 minutes and uh, picked up three seventeen or two 17s, a 17 and a half, and two that were just shy of 15. But And four of the five fish were smallmouth. Um, and, and I just got lucky and I said, man, I want to, don't want to beat these up too bad. And then I left that spot by eight o'clock and tried to, uh, to search for some larger fish. 
But uh, I guess it was on day two. Mike came in there, and he we he noticed the bait balls, and and did exactly what what Chris said is that is that he felt like the uh, and it made sense that the bass were pretty much trapped and cornered all of the bait back in this cove, ate when they wanted to eat, but also just kept them bottleneck like like the predators they are all back in the uh, all back from that area and kept them from getting out of the cove. Hmm. It's interesting. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So that's where they all were. Because when I actually got to fish on Sunday, I couldn't find a single bait ball. The only one that I could find, or the only only things I could find, were actually in the marina that I launched out of. You know, now and yeah, I got the river all, was pretty bare. Yeah, and I well when I I went to uh, <clears throat> Horse Creek on Sunday, and I was in at Kilroy, and I got beat up by the wind the whole day, and ended up leaving early so i could get back here in time but um it was uh it was rough going out there like the only thing i marked that you know i could tell were you know bait balls and probably bass were in the marina so it gave me i should have stayed there but it gave me a little bit of hope that maybe that creek arm was going to be you know productive and i mean i went in different types of areas, fish, different kinds of points, main points, secondary points, like just could not buy a bite. Once in a while I'd get a tap, but I was convinced that I think I, I was throwing close to some wood and stuff. A lot of times I think I was getting bit by crappie because the crappie fi uh, fishing was on fire. There was guys every day coming back to East point at the Marina just cleaning bucket loads of fish, man. Like just, just amazing. They're just every day. They're like, you guys got to get out there and crappie fish. We're like, we're doing a bass tournament. Sorry. but Yeah. I remember being out there one time a couple years ago, this time of the year. And I saw a Amish guy pulling his boat with his uh, buggy. And he, he, he came out of the water one day and he, he had a load of crappie. I was like, Oh, crappie fishing's good. And he's like, it was on fire. I'm like, Dude's the Amish, guy, the Amish guy set on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, like that. It was, it was on fire. Cool. It was pretty cool. Tip his hat to you. Good day. Were those, were those bass uh, spawning yet, though? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, 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 caught uh, all of his sight fishing, uh, apparently. So, uh, if they were, they weren't by where I was, or they were getting ready, possibly. Yeah, yeah cause you, you mentioned on the points and pushing the bait fishing, so I figured they were just getting ready to go into the coves to spawn. Sure, there's it probably some, like they might have. 
Yeah, there's probably some that were, you know, I mean, the spawn comes in stages, especially in a big lake like that. You're going to get some yeah. that will find, you know, the like up north where the water was warmer. Because I remember when I was down south and in the river, uh, the day that the open started on Friday, that morning, because it was kind of chilly, it, the water temperature down there was only like, I think I had 57 degrees. I don't know that I broke 60 if I broke 60, it was when I got shallow and the water was in like direct sunlight. Like mm -hmm. it had been there like in direct sunlight since the morning. But, um, but yeah, from what I understood, trying to, uh, you guys kind of found something that was, a, you know, pretty good because everything that I found that was on points or whatever, I just did not mark fish. I could not find bait fish. So, you know, I, after talking with Adam, he was like, you know, uh, flooded timber was where he was successful, but it was kind of cool to hear that you guys kind of found a pattern that involved like, you know, eight to 12 feet of water. You're finding bait fish, you're back in a cove, you know, and that sort of thing. Cause I mean, you got, you both Chris's here did well. Uh, Mike, you, what did you place in the open? Uh, uh, I, I held on a 10th. I only had one fish the second day. Um, and it was 18 and a half, but I, I didn't catch my limit the second day. Otherwise I would have been probably <laughs> closer to the, the middle of the pack. Yeah. You'd have probably been towards the top if you'd have caught a limit on that second day. Cause I mean, both Chris's, you guys didn't, you guys sort of struggled a little bit. On, well, Chris, y'all came out real quick. And, uh, the second day, I remember seeing you jump to the top right away, but I had two fish in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. In the next <laughs> cast, I had another fish and I lost it and I was using Senko's. And he took my last Senko. The, there was a very specific Gary Almoda green pumpkin was the only one I was catching fish on. Because I was I was sinking it down to 10 feet because above 10 feet, they were all dinks. And I caught a ton of those. But I was trying to get it down to that, you know, around 10 feet. There was a ledge down there where there were a bunch of big ones. And when I could get it down there, I was catching fish. And I had no more. You know, at 6.15 in the morning, I had no more Senkos and I caught no more fish. Oh, well, no, that, sucks. Ones. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. Well, I mean, it felt, it felt good catching those two real quick like that. Then, what, what did you end up throwing after that? Then, well, I the night before, you know, the one five three bait guys were at the, and so they had a whole bunch of green, you know, their version of saying they're donkey tails. I think they are five inch yeah. donkey tails. And so I bought a big, huge gallon bag of those. Yeah, I went through a lot of them the day. I caught so many fish. I went through a like three bags of the Gary Yamamoto ones. And I tried and it, it you know, they just didn't work. Yeah. You know, the, they were fine. This, the fish would bite them, but I couldn't get them down below the dink. So I kept, I was catching small ones all day. So I had to leave and try something else. Yeah. And there was a, where I was fishing, it was about a, I don't know, Chris Anderson, it was about maybe 150 foot stretch right off the main point. And I was just going up and down that thing for hours <laughs> catching fish. Yeah, and the big ones. On day two, you were guarded from those. You were guarded from those glitter boat guys on day two. <laughs> yeah, those guys were idiots. <laughs> Jesus, Agreed. ridiculous! You think they'd have little manners? No, man. What are the what the are the guys, guys say to you? <laughs> a guy cut right in front of me, and he said, "Sorry about that. I'm in a tournament." I'm like, "Me too." He's like, "I'm not worried about your tournament." 
Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it had a big fancy hundred thousand dollar boat and all kinds of pretty stickers on it. And you know, the heck it was. We, I was out there during a Bassmaster tournament one time, man, and so these guys were just zipping in and out. They would throw three cast at like a a tree or something, then they'd zip back out. Then yeah, another guy would come in. By midday Sunday, that whole cove was ruined because so many boats were zipping in and out. It was just the shoreline yeah. was trashed. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. But it's you know, it's my fault for you know, I'd lived and died by that that area. And All right. <laughs> well, we got kind of your guys' open um game plan, and you guys made a move, which I think was super successful move. And you know, um I was kind of not I wasn't shocked because I knew you guys kind of felt like you might have worn out or had your spots worn out especially with the, the the bass tournament that the big boat tournament that was going on so let's talk about the move you guys made as a team it was sort of a i don't want to say hail mary but i don't think we really you guys even had thought about um prior to that or even pre-fish this area maybe you did but chris <clears throat> anderson tell me about what you guys decided to do for the clash of clubs the team event that we did we were talking with some of the other guys at uh, at the weigh-in Saturday night, and you know we kind of look up there, and, and the group from was Southern Illinois. You know, I was in fifth, and, and Chris was in sixth, and and Mike was in tenth. So you got to pe feel pretty daggone good about that. But then, you know, the guys who were fishing in that group, I think, were like second, third, and fourth, maybe, or yeah. just right in that group. So you, so we're like, man, we what we what we caught's not going to work and it kind of dried up on day two so the heck with it let's figure something else out and let's go see a different part of the lake so was it um starlight or starling star point starlight. well the star marina that we star point thanks guys we decided to go to star point marina um appreciate the tip andrew that paid off for us um and we put in none of us had ever fished there and we kind of went in three different directions you know, the, the makeup of our team and, and the styles of fishing, I think, really helped us because, you know, like Chris said, he, he there you know, that 150 foot stretch or 200 yard stretch. I mean, he grinded the heck out of that. And he kind of did the same thing on on Sunday with a similar stretch. And, and I went out and my pattern that I was catching on held, I was, you know, main lake points, finding that that eight to 12 feet of water and Grimsley laughs at me and and, and gives me crap all the time because the, the way that I caught fish really doesn't make sense <laughs> because, you know, you find those suspended fish, you know, you're going to throw a jerk bait. You're going to throw something that's going to, to, to sit in that, that area and, and have a little bit of longevity there. And uh, not me, I, I was throwing a, a, you know, three to five foot uh, diving square bill. Uh, three of them in particular, six cents axis, the, the DT six got down a little bit deeper and a mega bass. And I was just running parallel to those points and getting smoked. Um, the wind really made it a pain in the butt, but, uh, and then, you know, Mike, he's got the, the, the torpedo with the, uh, 1103 and he's got this foot steering stuff that he's got <laughs> and he can zip on, <laughs> he, yeah, he can zip all around. <laughs> 
<laughs> foot steering. You got to ask him about it's it. It's all about foot steering. <laughs> he would, <laughs> I mean, he was all over the lake and he was covering quite a bit of water where I wasn't covering quite as much. And then Chris was just grinding it out in that same spot. So, you know, together in the area that we fished, it would be, you'd be hard pressed to cover the wall water with the quality that we covered the water with three guys just be based on our fishing styles. Hmm. And what'd you end up with? What was your limit? 90, uh, nine, 90 and a half, 90 and a half, 90 and a half. I had a, a 17 and a half. <laughs> thank you. A, 90, a 17 and a half, three 18s, and a 19. And every time I caught one fish, I caught two fish. Yeah. That was the thing with those points. Um, it, like the first two fish of the morning, you know, I threw the one time I didn't throw a parallel with the shore, I threw perpendicular to it. I got stuck by a, a pretty good largemouth that one of those 18 inch largemouths. And then the very next cast, I threw across the tree back uh, on a point, and I I had a hit, and I missed it. And I'm like, oh, son of a gun. So I threw it again, and then I got smoked by an 18-inch smallmouth. Hmm. Um, and that, that started the day pretty well for me. Yeah, I saw him right after that. And uh, I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, oh, I just got two. I'm like, what are you throwing? He's like, a DT6. I'm like, oh, you're throwing up on shore? He's like, no, in 12 feet of water. I'm like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. And then I went on my way. <laughs> and he caught like 12 fish. <laughs> There's a lot of things we didn't used to do. And later, I had a couple. I had 18 and a half and 18. And it's doing pretty good. And I was like, Chris, come here. I was like, you got to throw this. And he's like, I was like, I'm doing really well. And he's like, do you have 90.5 beat? And I'm like, no, is that what someone has? He's like, no, dude, that's what I have. And I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, awesome. not shit. I was happy to have him on our team. You know? That's hilarious. I, I thought I was going to teach him something, but he's, and he's like, no, dude, I have like nine. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> what was everybody else's limits? I had 84 and a half, I think, or 85 and a half. I messed around out in the wind and the like, Chris – when he says he was on those points and it was kind of windy, it was like a constant 20 mile an hour wind and gust 30, 40 miles an hour. And he sat out there on those points and I thought it was crazy. I couldn't even get, I couldn't even hardly fish in the coves. So I had to go back in the marina into one of the protected coves back there. And I don't know how he sat out there, but crap, he was catching fish. I, I don't know how anybody was fishing in that without a 360. Right. I mean, yeah. it was just, he would, the wind did whatever it wanted with you. And, and there's a couple times where I was back in those coves where I would have been like that Suez Canal boat where I'd have just been stuck between two <laughs> trees going back. <laughs> it was bad, man. I, I would go back in some of those coves. I mean, I was going way back, you know, to find some flooded timber or whatever. And I would find those waterfalls and it'd be like a little cutout, dude. And I'd be sitting in it and I'm like, I'll be protected by the wind. Nope. I would just sit there and spin in a circle, man. Oh, it finds you, man. We're it's the, where I caught all my fish. It was two different little sloughs right by the Marina after of course doing a Grimsley thing and running all over the lake first. <laughs> I caught all my fish within like 150 yards of the ramp, but uh, <clears throat> it was, it was on the downwind side of the, of the lake where the water was pushing into those coves and there was a, there was a grass emergent grass that was kind of, I think it's typically out of the water, 
but uh, since the water was so high, it was a little bit in the water. Only on the east banks of these sloughs was that grass there, and I caught fish all along those. Mm. It was crazy. It was probably one of the first times in my life where I actually was like, hey, this is a pattern, and I was smart enough to realize that that's what it was. Yeah. And I just was that by where that. we fished in the morning when we came out and went to the right side? No, I went to that. Well, I don't remember. I burned up the torpedo that day. It was the only day I had more than 25% left when I got back. But um, <laughs> if you went to the ramp and went to the right, yeah. I was in those first two right there. And that's I just went back and forth pitching a uh, uh, green pumpkin red flake crawl on there, and it, it just crushed it. And sort of like what you were saying, Chris, I, that the, the initial crawl I had was one that had been – I had tied on since Wednesday and hadn't thrown – and I tossed it in there and caught a fish on the first first cast. And then that thing just kept getting beaten up, and I kept biting chunks a quarter inch off there. So the, finally the hook was as far back as it could go and still be in the bait. <laughs> and I switched it um, after my fourth fish, and, and it just it slowed down after I put a fresh one on. It was a lucky bait, I guess. Hmm. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Nice. Well, congratulations. I went, I went five catch days without catching a smallmouth, by the way. Again. Uh, again. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. The only fish I caught while I was there was a crappie. Oh, geez. Day one of the tournament, the Open, um, I was going to go to Lilydale, and Richard had, was talking about they had gone up the West Fork of the Obi River and did really well up by the rapids. And I'm like, Okay, well, I'm intrigued, and I want to do some exploration. So I, I went over five miles run up that river to where the <laughs> rapids were supposed to be, but the water was so high, they weren't there. So I went another half a mile to where water was. It was like three feet deep all the way up there. And <laughs> it looked like smallmouth heaven, and I didn't catch anything up there. Dude, that picture you posted was sweet. I was like, yeah, that looks awesome. The one, the one with the two big rocks? Yeah, the – yeah, you had that, your kayak p- parked, and then the uh, oh yeah. The, so where the where that kayak was pulled up on shore was the uh, all the way up at the top. But with that one where I I took a picture and there was like two rock points that I was in. That's where on day one. That's where I caught about 30, 30 fish in about a half an hour, forty minutes wow. of just tiny little. Um, I would throw into a spot with a Nico on my medium light spinning rod, and. Uh, it would, it would, I would watch my line and it would stop. And then I would just count to three and then reel up. And I had a fish on it every time, but the biggest one was 13 and a half, yeah. but it saved my limit on day one. Yeah. I don't think we got, uh, Chris Yalk. I don't think we got your, uh, limit total for the, uh, clutch clubs. It was only, oh man. 60s, high 60s, I think. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. I got, I was running around out in the wind playing, not catching a thing. I mean, just every time I'd cast, the wind would blow me. I couldn't see the line. And 
finally around noon, I said, screw it. I need to go do what I do. And I went back down to where the marina was. Yeah. And right away, I started catching fish. And I got four. And then I just got, ran out of time. Couldn't get that fifth one. <clears throat> Mr. Anderson's limit. What a one for you guys. And then we, yeah, we could have stayed in bed. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, I saw that. It was second place. I was couldn't like, believe what? it. <laughs> what was second, second place? place was 90, 90 and a quarter. quarter. That's crazy. <laughs> we really thought they were just going to be beating them up, man. And we, we were, we were fishing so hard the whole day and we're like, we got to get this. And, uh, when they, when they brought both teams up there, we, they brought both teams up there. First of all, we outweighed them by two and a half times. Like these guys were like, they were all real small guys, like, yeah, guys. featherweights, and we're all. What was the comment you said, Mike? Is oh, I said it looked like a before and after Jenny Craig commercial. <laughs> that was funny. And these guys, so and so, when Brian said they, you know, Brian brought up the second place check, and it had the ninety and a quarter on there. I'm like. I wonder why they put just the top guys on there. And then when they announced that we, we had like 234, 236, some crazy number compared to theirs, I was like, oh my God, I kind of felt bad for him. But I was surprised. I was like, I, like yeah, it's, it was crazy. Chris they put caught, on the clinic. They caught a lot of fish Friday, Saturday. And yeah. Well, that whole, that, that, that win was, I think, was a game changer for a lot of people. No matter where you were, it was just impossible to escape it. Yeah. I heard it was coming from every direction too, right? Oh yeah, dude. Well, I, I, it, just, it winds its way through those through yeah. those hollers and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's um. I mean, I would hit it, and you could hear it like circle around you through the trees as it would hit the bank line and come mm -hmm. up behind you, like because it was it was blowing hard enough at times. Like you know, if if it was like below fifteen, you kind of and you're in a cove, you're okay. But then when it would gust up in the 20s and 30s you could hear it circle around inside the cove and hit the walls and you know bounce right back hit you from behind like it was just insane um it would come through the trees blowing leaves at you too sometimes <laughs> and usually you would hear it first oh and, yeah and you know yeah. so you would hear it and it really made going to the bathroom miserable <laughs> i was so, gonna say yeah there's there's definitely <laughs> My boat stood up. like an R. Kelly date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that happened to me Sunday. I, I I stood up and I thought I had like a break oh, in the wind, yeah. and I, I'm pointed away from my fish finder, and then I hear it <laughs> before it comes, and I'm like, oh, and then I'm going like this. <laughs> it was it it was not easy to do. Good thing for scuffles <laughs> everywhere on that hobby. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm still gonna invent the the beer bong pee machine. Like you know, it's gonna be like a beer bong with a tube, and you just stick it down and it's scupper, <laughs> or, like a, or a bottle, yeah, something like that. But um, well, congratulations, you guys. Um, you guys put on a good showing. They, we had a huge turnout from our Ohio guys. Um, it was pretty cool. I think we had the probably the most people um involved in the tournament came from ohio so um appreciate you guys you know making the venture down there it was really good having you guys oh it was um, awesome you guys did a great job putting it together i i think there's a lot of people that regretted not uh committing to going because it, it was a great time yeah, yeah they they unbelievable how um, besides the facility with richard and those guys the farm but I mean, that tournament was put together well I, I can't believe there weren't a lot more people there 
Susie and Brian know what they're doing, man. Yeah. Oh, everything was everything was perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably the only challenge being there is just no cell service, but everyone, mm-hmm. you know, was able to put the fish in the live well and then, you know, get back to where they can get service and get it in. But that it's everything so far. Even the river right there, I mean, it's it's so good. And a lot of guys uh did real well just leaving right for the marina there. So you didn't even have to go far. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not like suit like you know crazy great in the river there but i guarantee there are spots there that are it's just you know getting the time in and it's just like anything you guys you guys got there you spent time you eliminated water you did what you needed to do to be successful in the tournament um you listened you know we all we all talked and chatted and had a good time and you know and and then you applied what you learned from other anglers and what you guys learned doing your homework and you know it paid off you guys chris got his big checks finally you know multiple in a kayak i mean (laughs) chris yauk has it sitting in the back corner over there like he's sleeping with it at night basically oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i got i got to turn it off people give me crap for not dealing with it enough so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. I hung in the house the whole weekend. Yeah. I, I remember Chris Anderson. The first tournament you entered with us a year, two years ago. You're like, I want a big check. I'm gonna get a big that check. A, that's what I wanted from from day one. If you if yep. you talk to Brian Tacy when he does his, um, you know, he sends out for Cincinnati kayak fishing. He does a great job of like, you know, where do you guys want to fish? What do you want to do? I mean, I just wrote big ass check. <laughs> that's all i wanted and and, and when and when jay came and he's like do you guys do you guys like the checks rather than trophies i was like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me besides my wife and my daughter um <laughs> good save good save <laughs> but but i was like this is what i've always you know like i so much would rather have that than than a trophy yeah. um and you know the the best the best part was it kind of felt like normal um it felt like we as a community and Cincinnati's kayak fishing is awesome. Uh, It's a great group of guys and that we could go in and we could interact. We started to interact. We were laughing. It wasn't completely remote that you're, you know, you're showing up with one buddy and kind of walking past people at the, at the boat ramp. And that to me was something that, that, is why I really enjoy this is, is the biggest reason why I enjoy this. But just the fact that we had the, the you know, the camaraderie that we had the, 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 the crap talking that we had the laughs, you know, mm-hmm. you try, try to yeah. be in a room with, with, with Chris, Chris and John or Chris, Mike and John and Josh. <laughs> I mean, well, first off we forgot to thank Josh because oh, Mike yeah, Josh. forgot his identifier. I did. Well, I was having a good time. I was meeting other <laughs> anglers. I was, and I didn't realize that I didn't have an identifier for the group tournament. So I, Josh saved the day. But did he though? Because if you know, if I would have been disqualified, we would have still won. <laughs> because Chris is the man. <laughs> well, awesome. it was no big deal, man. I, 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 well, I may, I should have actually when you guys told me that. I should have packed my stuff up and stayed with you. Oh, and instead, my dumbass decides to drive. Uh, I had to go up to the farm, get identifiers. 
Um, of course, while I'm up there, the 153 guys were up there because they actually uh, brought down a camper and they were staying right next to the farm. And, um, and for those who are wondering what we're talking about with the farm, uh, Richard at Eastport Marina has a beautiful wedding venue sty- style kind of, I don't even want to call it a barn. It's a building and it's all wood. It's gorgeous, right. man. And it's beautiful rolling hills outside of it. Real nice grass, big fence around it. It's absolutely stunning. And those guys stayed up uh, and put their camper next door to the uh, the main venue building. And so when I went up there, they were, <laughs> and they've been doing this for hours. They had been doing this since we all left. Cause I remember when we all started to take off, they busted out all the, uh, the split rings and everything like that on baits. And they were just making baits. And, um, I pull up and it's like nine 30 at night or whatever. <laughs> and they're still at the table doing this. And there's <laughs> they're, Matt and, um, John are both like dead tired. Like, like Matt turns around, he's got bags under his eyes. He's talking about spilling his orange juice all over the place and how pissed off he was about it. And uh, so I sat there, talked to them for a while while I'm cutting up um, identifiers. And so um, I decide to, um, I, I don't know, I was there probably like 30 or 40 minutes. So I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here. I got to drive a half an hour to go drop these identifiers off to you guys. So I drive up there. Of course, I get there, and I'm dead tired by the time I get up there. I'm sitting there on that couch with you guys, and you're all tired and getting ready for bed. And I'm like, oh, I should have just packed the kayak because I ended up coming back. It's midnight by the time I get home. I set my alarm, got up at 4, 4.30 in the morning, packed my kayak up because we had taken the kayak, and I had stuck it next to the houseboat. I I had taken it out of the water. Uh, because of the rain that we got and being the Kilroy doesn't have scupper plugs, obviously. So I, um, <laughs> I, uh, we took, we put it in, in underneath the awning of the houseboat next to us. So when I'd gotten back Saturday night, I rigged the boat, set it off to the side, knowing we'd have rain. I should have just grabbed it and put it on the truck and stayed with you guys. Cause the next morning I made a 45 minute drive four hours of sleep to fish and <laughs> quit by like 12 30 so Jeez. he stayed with us you know, we got to sleep in because we we took our time getting out of there if there was a problem right. we probably would have got breakfast yeah <laughs> but uh you know it was a good time i mean we always kind of me and mike are notorious for doing silly things like that like you guys left it like in the middle of the morning didn't you like real early probably to get down there at, at eight so but um it's going to lead me into my next question. If you guys were to change something about the format that we had this weekend, um, you know, we're going to, we want to look at ways to improving this overall, right? Um, we want to make it, we want to have more anglers involved, you know, and so we were, you know, sort of disappointed with the turnout. Um, but, we were really proud of how the tournament went and how it was organized and where we stayed and everything. What was some, what would be something you would want to change? Anderson, I'll start with you. Um, what I'd want to change. Cause I was thinking about my favorite thing about it first. I've got that locked and loaded. Um, but what I would change maybe running the, the two tournaments consecutively. Three days of fishing, including a, a day of pre-fishing, takes that, you know, takes a 
Thursday, Friday into a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you travel and get down there and um, that could be hard. And I think that might've been a little bit of a deterrent because some of those guys from Georgia came up just for the team event, but they didn't fish the open, which, you know, you would kind of think that you would want to do. And, and honest, honestly, after four days of sitting in my kayak, as long as I did to figure that stuff out, I don't want to, I haven't sat at work. I've used my, the, uh, the stand up desk. It was, sorry, boys. It, you know, it, it was just, uh, that's a long time to just grind it out for, uh, for four days and, and continue to, to fish hard. Um, that would be the only thing that I may consider. I would definitely do it again next year in a heartbeat, but kind of depending on how that worked out, that could maybe work, but I mean, Gives that you would be kind of my guys who go do the Hobie and KDF series that, that hit the road and go do that quite often. You know, it gives you an appreciation of what they're going through because it was a grind. Yeah. yeah. Understand that. What about you, Grimsley? What do you think? What can we improve upon and what do you like the most? You know, I, I like getting, I like getting together with everyone. Um, it was great to meet some of the other Ohio guys. Uh, I, I'd fished with Drew Near a couple times, but uh, Drew Near, Jake Epking, and uh, Andrew Carpenter were there, and uh, we had a great time. Our table was – I think everyone was jealous how much fun we were having and uh, just joking around. But uh, those guys – and and it's uh, it was a weird thing. It, it was almost like COVID didn't exist for four or five days just because how Tennessee is kind of lax on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there wasn't mask and, and I kind of forgot about it and got comfortable on that and then didn't realize it until, you know, driving back and, you know, getting into Kentucky where you go into a gas station, everyone's got mask on. You're like, oh, crap, I forgot. Like it was it was a little bit back to normalcy, but it, it was all the food was great. Everything. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, you know, what was the issue with why there wasn't a million people there, because that was really one where I thought there would be. Uh, just especially Tennessee guys and Alabama guys and all those guys, those guys there, I, they, they really missed out. Um, I don't know if it was because it was a Saturday, Sunday, or, or Friday, Saturday thing or not, but I, there's not anything that I, I can think of that would be improved upon. I had a great time. Cool. Chris, yeah, what do you think, bud? Yeah, the only thing I could say is maybe if, you know, a lake that big, you know, if you can fish the far end of it, you know, Make it so wherever the far end, you know, the furthest point that from the time lines out to the time you have to check in, you know, let you fish those places all day long and then give enough time to check out to get back. Because mm-hmm. I would have had, you know, quit fishing an hour early if I went up north where I, you know, where the winter fish where Adam Riser was fishing. So, you know, if it takes you an hour, 20 minutes, hour, 30 minutes to get back from there, then, you know, give enough time to, you know, lines out load up and get down there otherwise you know you're you're driving like an idiot to make it on time and you know that road cycle and down towards the farm oh, man. you know holy yeah. cow you're driving 70 through those curves <laughs> just trying to get there by four o'clock you know it's nothing else you know make it a little safer and give everybody time to get there and, and let them fish all day too yeah yeah it's um it's, it's, something. it's tough yeah yeah i mean and it's like that for pretty much all those tournaments that's kind of the the norm. So um, the one thing, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys on some of the points that you were making. Um, 
you know, whether maybe we separate the clash and make it its own event um, might be a good thing. I do like the two day format for, for the, um, the open, you know, you've got, you've got that going on with these other tournaments already. So I do like, I, that. I, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, the, the price for being, you know, a hundred dollar entry fee for a two day tournament like that is, you know, it's a good, it's a good price because it's not like too high up there. You're thinking about it, it's like $50 a day, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the tournaments are close to that price anyway. So, um, but you know, maybe separating the clash of clubs, or if you're going to do both events in the same uh, weekend, maybe making the open a one day event. Cause that was the one thing that a lot of the guys were saying that they didn't want to have to take off a day of work on Friday, you know, to right. do that, that tournament. That's one of the th- big things we heard about um, regarding, you know, the Tennessee folks that didn't uh, make it out that they just couldn't get off work. So, but um, you know, we'll, uh, We'll go back to the drawing board with it. We do have um, the next event is going to be on the Tippecanoe River in Indiana. What city is that? Do you guys know? Uh, Monticello. Okay. That one Monticello. is going to have a huge turnout, I think. Hope, Yeah, I hope so, man. It'll be it'll be cool seeing it. Um, I'm, I'm gonna thinking try about making and... that run before the uh, CKF tournament on Sunday. Are you really? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Nice. Nice. Um, I got I got that phone call today. He's like, "Talk me out of doing this." And I said, <laughs> I, "I I can't. I would." Hey, and I, I, I hear can't. there's a lot. I can't, of can't but you can. Fish. You hear what, Brad? I hear there's a lot of twenty inch fish in that river. Yeah, I heard that too. And I just I I haven't caught a smallie all year, so I'm I'm I went down down to a world class smallmouth fishery and didn't catch a smallmouth, and I only caught one little one last year. So it's like. I, I'm I'm determined. Yeah, it's uh, coming up though. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to go back there. Me too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I appreciate you guys taking the time out. Come on, talk to us about this. Um, it Thanks was a great time. Thank you for coming down. It was it was a lot of fun. It was good seeing you guys down there. It was cool meeting um all the new Ohio faces. Um, you know, I got to meet Brad's dudes from One Five Three Baits. Great guys. Um, and yeah, yeah man. Um, it was just, it was a really good time. So, you know, hopefully we can make this grow um, and keep the, the trail series alive and keep getting a good turnout. And, um, you know, but hopefully we'll see you guys at a couple of the other events. I know Mike will possibly be up at that uh, Maumee River Lake Erie. Oh, yeah. event. Party, party is at my place in the Maumee River one or the, <laughs> the Lake Erie one. <laughs> your dad will be like no <laughs> but um but thanks <laughs> thanks for jumping on uh anybody else got anything else to add nope appreciate you having us i just, i just wanted to thank richard good point yeah richard over at I, east or, point I'm sorry. I, I was just gonna say th- thank richard what else they're awesome they're, yeah, they they were great hosts i mean thank you paddle and finn Thank you, Paddle and Finn, for having this. It, you know, all I can say is, I, you know, I know you guys weren't thrilled with the turnout, but I don't think that there is a person that was there that had a bad time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if as long as you continue to do that, have the venue, have that kind of stuff, it's going to grow. There's no doubt. I mean, the, 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 next year I'll be back. I, I mean, I'll, I'll put in my my vacation <laughs> request right now. 
Uh, I mean, not just because I had fish, but because because of the whole package of of of, of everything that it was. Yeah, definitely yeah, was def a good time. It definitely. I mean, and, and it's got a big. It's it's got like a extravaganza kind of feel to it with, you know, the tackle guys that were there and, and giving away the kayaks. I mean, I don't. I've been to a, a Hobie event, um, and, and it's it's almost three times the amount of money to go to that. And uh, I had uh, a great time with this. That hundred dollars. It's for two day tournaments. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and there was yeah. a lot of diversity in the sports that were down there because there was the top five female coon hunter in the country was there. Hmm. Yeah. All righty. Well, we'll wrap it up, everybody. Thank you. She for... was selling, sell, selling bait. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it, it definitely was good, Richard. Um, man, you you put us up in a great place. Killed it. Uh, thank you for letting us stay at the houseboats. Um, you know, uh, and thank you for feeding us well. Um, I know that everybody on the nacho night was on the verge of throwing up because they ate so much food. But Brian Schiller almost had a heart attack in the Jay's truck. Mike Grimsley probably was on the verge of throwing up the entire time. I was going to delve into bulimia for a minute there. But, <laughs> but once I was able to unbutton my pants, I was okay. <laughs> But uh, but again, thank you, uh, Eastport Marina, for you know being so gracious, you know, with your facilities and helping us out with this. So, uh, with that, we'll wrap things up. Brad, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, thank you guys, and we'll see you next year, week. Thanks, see guys. Here. See you soon. Bye. See ya. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.